who has somehow aligned himself with the god of death. Hello, and welcome to the AfterSpark podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Specs. And today, we're going to be talking about episode number 36, Desertion of the Dinobots, part 2. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Sure. Welcome back to the Desertion of the Dinobots Part 2. If you'll remember last time, in Part 1, the Autobots and Decepticons neglected to take their vitamins to disastrous effect, and the Dinobots have run away from home to Cybertron. Carly and Spike have followed behind in Carly's car, and last we saw them, they were being held at gunpoint by Shockwave. Dual wielding, no less. It's not enough that Shockwave has a gun for a hand, but he's holding another one, too. He's... He's compensating. Shockwave poofs Carly's car out from underneath them, which... (laughs) Goodbye, pink convertible. We hardly knew ye. Did he send it to another dimension? It just sort of um, faded away, because it didn't, like, poof, per se? Uh, Shadow Realm? (laughs) (laughs) That exists in this universe, right? Maybe. (laughs) Carly's <laughs> Carly's response is great because she's effectively like, that was my car, not an Autobot, you dumbass. And Spike and Carly flee from Shockwave, who's apparently in no hurry as he just sort of walks slowly after them. Uh, he's got better things to do than pest control, I guess, because he continues to shoot his disappearing gun at Various things they're hiding behind, so I guess he doesn't care if any of that stuff vanishes. I mean, yeah, because he's like, well, we assume in his own lab, and he just does not seem to care. I don't understand him. (laughs) I don't understand many things about this show. True. Spike seems to think they're safe hiding behind things, even after Shockwave has, you know, done this, sending things to the Shadow Realm multiple times. They duck into a narrow opening in the floor, which Shockwave can't follow them into. Yeah, he expresses his disappointment in about the same tone as someone who's been chasing down two mice. And those two mice have escaped. He is not happy about this human infestation. I'm sure not having to deal with organics on a daily basis is one of the highlights of him being posted in Cybertron. Yeah, honestly, I don't I feel like he wouldn't do very well on Earth. I don't think he would either, and I legitimately think that's why he stays on Cybertron. I don't think he would have really enjoyed it if the planet had actually ended up by Cybertron. Or not by Earth. No. But if the planet had exploded like Megatron had intended, I suppose he wouldn't have needed to care. That's true. They would have had a lot of resources they could have used, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Spike and Carly look around the room that they found themselves in, which appears to have a glowy pool in some sort of recess in the center of the room. And Carly seems to realize they're in Cybertron's master computer. I don't entirely know how she figures this out, but all right. She's a technomancer. I don't know. (laughs) Carly is amazing. We already know that. I'm just saying, I don't really know how that thought process happened. Same. Spike uses the silly thumb radio to call Teletran 1. And to the Ark! All the Autobots are passed out on the floor. They really look like they've had a a super wild night. Sounds like they got all of the hangovers and none of the fun. Yeah. Looks accurate. 
Sparkplug, however, is awake and manning Teletran 1, which, considering he's not a giant robot from outer space, makes perfect sense. <laughs> Teletran helpfully pulls up a diagram of this Decepticon computer brain Spike and Curly have found themselves in. Decepticon misspelled with a K, no less. The little pictures of Spike and Curly look like pretty awkward spike is super buff for some reason and the fact that teletran one just has these schematics is kind of out there well and then carly looks all like demure in this little picture of her and i'm just like that's not carly have you met carly carly's like i'm gonna go plant a bomb in the decepticon base because i can <laughs> yeah that's carly that's carly <laughs> carly attempts to gain control of the space bridge by going through the computer's wiring Breaking into the nearby panel in the wall with her car key because she is a she is a candy lady. The pink convertible will have its revenge yet. Yeah, I imagine it hasn't quite hit her yet that it's gone, and now she's going to have to buy a new car. And yeah, that kind of sucks. I wonder if the Autobots all finance it. I wonder too. I mean, she did do it helping them, so maybe. Yeah. But she's shocked uh, when a big ball of energy travels through the wiring and hits her panel, and then she's tossed backwards towards the glowy pool. Epic music plays. Electrocution, not much fun. <laughs> and so the computer decides to throw a wild-ass rave party and then explodes, and the glowy pool goes dark. And then Spike pulls a flashlight out of his ass that Wheeljack apparently gave him. This information was important enough to tell the audience, apparently, that, and it is... Brighter than any other flashlight on Earth, apparently. Again, why don't any of you patent your shit? <laughs> yeah, they could make so much money. But, I mean, this was something just to sell toys. <laughs> I know, I know. We're attributing far more thought to this than the writers probably ever did. <laughs> well, I want, I want there to be plot and background and, you know, good writing. And... Uh, uh, that, that's... That's what other shows are for in the franchise. It's okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm glad that the newer ones are getting better writing. Me too. And unfortunately, Carly has twisted an ankle sometime during this wild rave party. And Spike jumps down into the recessed pit to, to help her. Except, unfortunately, now neither of them can get out. You know, because Spike definitely thought this through. <laughs> yeah, and it's steep. And I mean... Well, he could have pulled out wires, I guess. Maybe. And made could have a... gotten into the panels. Yeah. Oh, well. Sparkplug calls in and says that there's a way out at the bottom of the area they've fallen into. So right where that glowy liquid was. Yay! Um, good plan, everyone. I'm sure it's perfectly safe. I have many concerns. <laughs> they go down a ladder. Why is there a ladder there? Why is it so small and comparatively human-sized? Is it meant for minibots? Do minibots do all the computer repairs in this world? Well, maybe. We found maybe. Rumble and Frenzy's actual function. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like they'd be good at that. Well, I feel like they'd end up pulling out wires to basically have an impromptu wire fight, like a snowball fight. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. That seems right. And so Spike and Carly make it out to the hallway. Meanwhile, in the space bridge room, Megatron calls and tells Shockwave to send their damn vitamins over. But this is impossible because the space bridge is inoperable until the computer is fixed. But I mean, I guess, how did you call him Shockwave? Or how did Megatron call him? He said the computer's out, not the phones. This was the 80s. Perhaps they weren't synonymous at the time. I know they are now, but... Eh. Maybe... 
I mean, they definitely weren't synonymous in the 90s, but I don't know about giant robots. <laughs> yes, giant I mean, robots have different lines or have different lines going for their computers and their phones, obviously. <laughs> and I mean, how was Megatron getting that camera angle? Did he set up a camera on the ground? Ah, well, you see, it's the burb cam. Laserbeak obviously is also on the ground, so he's just sort of propped him up to get the angle he wanted. That is entirely conceivable, so yeah. <laughs> Megatron threatens to reprogram Shockwave for maintenance if he can't stop the humans. Not sure how he's gonna manage that if he's dead, but okay. Megatron will come back as a ghost and do it. He will totally do that. I mean, considering what Starscream does later, I feel like he'd go out of his way to do that. I'm 100% ready to believe that Transformers can come back as ghosts later out of sheer spite. Shockwave sends a giant-ass robot of questionable sentience after the kids, but they manage to shut a door on it and get outside, heading towards Wheeljack's lab. Carly's ankle is still giving her trouble. They're doing a pretty good job of showing her limping throughout all this. And then Spike picks her up and carries her, because... Macho, macho man! <laughs> <laughs> yep, they wanted, wanted to do that. <laughs> and then Carly spots a shadow nearby, but it runs away. It was clearly Swoop, guys. It was clearly Swoop. Well, maybe Carly hasn't had enough interaction with them, but Spike really shouldn't recognize their silhouettes. Swoop saved their asses in the last episode when Grimlock tried to smash them, remember? That is true. Then again, she may not have a whole lot of... Oh. They're also on another planet, and she may think that this is just another robot that may have a similar silhouette. That's... That's so. fair. I mean, to be fair, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. And when you're in pain, you're not concentrating as well as you can. Or you could otherwise. Also true. So at this point, they reach Wheeljack's lab, and Carly manages to get them in by using the control pad on the door. She is a super genius. She... Alien languages. <laughs> I mean, Chip managed it. She managed it. They're both geniuses. Yep. And so they hear something or someone banging on the ceiling from outside, and Spike manages to grab Spare Gun out of a closet. And yet again, we have the teenager with a giant robot-sized weapon. That is bigger than him. And he shoots it before the commercial break. <laughs> oh, we return, and Spike shoots the mysterious shadow that's come through the ceiling, because of course the, uh, the ceiling is caving in. And naturally, the shadow is poor Swoop. All Swoop wants is an adult. Him and the rest of us. Uh, he tells Spike, and by Spike I mean the audience, that the Dinobots were caught almost immediately after coming through the space bridge. Yeah, Swoop was able to get away because he remembered that he could fucking fly. Which unfortunately, <laughs> the others didn't. Knew they did not. Teletran 1 directs the group to the Cybertonium pits and they head out. But not before Spike realizes that Carly's no longer limping. And she just replies, I, I think it's better. That is not how any of this works. They wanted to push that romance angle. Uh, through the power of love, your ankle will heal itself. Through, through the power of having a man around, your ankle will heal itself. Well, I suppose it is kind of conceivable that not having her wait on it for a little bit of time might have made it feel a bit better, but it shouldn't have helped that much. Yeah, yeah, like, it feeling better would be fine, but she's walking normally after this, like, the entire rest of the episode. Yeah, because I remember when I 
screwed up my ankle earlier this year and it was like ha 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 no <laughs> that would not work once outside swoop scoops them up so they don't have to climb up some giant robot sized stairs why swoop you're a sweetie he is indeed the sweetest dude the three get yeah. on some sort of mass transit vehicle and head down a tube it's a surprisingly small mass transit vehicle for being a mass transit vehicle. And they get flipped around and they end up thinking that they're going to go up. Spike even makes a NASA reference. But they go down instead. <laughs> Backwards. It sounds, it would, honestly, it would be super unsettling. And Swoop is confused as to why the humans are upset. Spike says it's because they've left their stomachs up there. And Swoop is quite happy to not have a stomach. Understandable. They get stopped when the tube ahead of them is broken. So Swoop just, well, they get out and Swoop picks a direction and starts walking. And then they come across some inactive robots and Carly makes the leap that they're the Autobots' ancestors. Or they could just be like the Sentinel drone thing Shockwave was using, but okay. And then after that five second scene, we move on. And then they apparently set off some ancient booby traps that involve axes. Swoop gets clipped in the wing, but is otherwise okay foreshadowing <laughs> then they almost get smushed because walls that start closing in on them but um swoop just smashes a hole through the wall and they walk right on out then some heat-seeking missiles come after them oh swoop transforms and attempts some fancy flying to get away from the missiles but they all end up crashing to the ground before he suddenly remembers he can transform yes I know he just transformed from robot mode, but he didn't remember he could transform back into robot mode. Just, just don't ask. Just don't ask. Like, he had some issues with um, his wing. Yeah. The and then he just shoots the missiles with his own that pop out of his chest. Never mind that he has some on his arms, but I guess that would be too obvious. They didn't want to deal with having to animate them being gone? Maybe? Just have them regenerate or something or pop back out after. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So they arrive at some sort of outdoor area before entering a room that has some sort of viewing screen that looks weirdly like Shockwave's head. Then we get a mini history lesson that I am utterly convinced is also narrated by Frank Welker. Did Megatron Moonlight as a documentary narrator at some point? Maybe. Regardless, some of Shockwave's sentinel bots arrive and take the kids captive. And they talk. That's a person. Well, I guess that's our precedent for Viacons and Prime, then. I guess, yeah. And so getting captured was somehow the best way they, they have for finding the Dinobots, because they basically get escorted to them. Except something is clearly wrong, as all of the Dinobots appear to be happily working for the Decepticons. Carly manages to fix them by comparing their circuits to swoops and realizing the Decepticons have bypassed their memory circuits. They're also at the Cybertonium pits. Yes. Conveniently, of course. Plot contrivance. Yes. Yes, yes. And due to Carly fixing the circuit issue, they all thank her. She's an honorary Dinobot now. That's my headcanon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. Spike and Grimlock... So they come up with a sneaky, sneaky plan. Of course. And Spike, and, and Spike and Grimlock stage a fight to get the force field slash fence dropped. All the Dinobots then transform and melt the Sentinels. And they escape and head towards a tube with no car. 
When Spike points this out, Grimlock says, Me, Grimlock, need no car, and picks Spike and Carly up as all the bots enter the tube. Well, I mean, they can fly, so... Yeah. I, yeah, they seem to just sort of be carried up to, through the tube. I don't know if they're actually flying or not, or if the tube's doing it, to be honest. I don't know, but I wouldn't really trust the tube with a human <laughs> on their own. Also true. Sparkplug and Teletron have managed to hack into the Decepticon computer and change the Space Bridge's destination, unbeknownst to Shockwave. I have a number of questions about this, but I'm never going to get any answers. I was about to say, Sparkplug, most interesting man in the world, knows how to hack computers. <laughs> well, so that was like just completely all Teletrain. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. I don't know. And then apparently Shockwave this entire time was but a tube ride away from the Dinobots. They took so long to get down there. Obviously, the the writers wanted us to see the scenic sights of Cybertron. Well, we had to get some sort of exposition in here. Yeah. Oh, the group arrives in Shockwave's control room, and Swoop knocks him over as they all get into the space bridge. Poor Swoop loses part of his wing for the trouble, but he does manage to get in with everybody else. That's a relief. Well, not losing the wing, but him getting in with everyone else. Yeah. So they arrive back on back at Earth with a little trouble. Well, a little additional trouble, anyway. Yeah. Afterwards, Optimus makes Spike and Carly honorary Autobots and just tells the Dinobots, "Good job." Where's their medals? Why is he like those this? Poor kids. Optimus is not the best dad. No, no. Wheeljack and Ratchet are reasonably good dads, though. They, they. I hope they gave their Dinobots some hugs after this. Yeah. So. What's what's our important takeaway for today, Specs? Take your vitamins and eat your veggies, kids. Otherwise, you too may fall from the sky and have to rely on a bunch of dino babies to save your ass. Maybe. And join us next time for Blaster Blues. It's one small step for bots as everybody ends up on the goddamn moon. And things get supreme. Omega supreme. <laughs> Yes, and we have some fanfic recommendations for today. One from me and one from Owls. So my recommendation is The Light and the Smile by Koi Lungfish. It's in the G1 cartoon continuity. It's rated T. It's Jen because there aren't any pairings. Uh, there's yeah, no pairings, and it's entirely original characters. So your mileage may vary. In summary, a group of failed Decepticons is sent to a remedial training base. Unfortunately, something has followed them. It's an LOC cast, and it's got some really interesting world building and, like, culture hmm. exploration for the Decepticons. Which, which quite frankly, there needs to be more of, and there's, like, none in a lot of continuities. Yeah, this was actually one that I was planning on having as a fic rec um, for that episode where Megatron gets everyone's power rectifier chips. Hmm. Because that sort of thing is actually like relevant to the plot of this fic oh gotcha and so the character theme wreck uh or for why i chose it is like remember that room with the bodies from the episode it made me think of this <laughs> oh that's again just not yeah that that, that that bodes well that bodes well that sounds healthy <laughs> And also the power rectifier stuff, but that's not especially relevant to this episode, except that the Decepticon, or, yeah, not really relevant. Well, it's also the fact that 
that Decepticon sort of grunt or whatever, that the fact that that was a person also made me think of this because that character I don't think anyone's explored. Yeah. And it's a one shot. There aren't any, the koi lungfish didn't do anything else in with these characters as far as I'm aware. Gotcha. But it's a well-written, entertaining story, and I would definitely recommend it. So let's go to Alice's pick. My wildcard fic for today is Confirmation by Interstellar underscore Child. It is in the IDW continuity. It is G, it is Slash, it is Minimus Ambus Megatron, and they are our two characters for this. And in summary, the phrase, can you confirm it, used over the different points of their relationship. It's a one-shot. It's short. It's sweet. I just sort of picked it from my random ones because I like mini-megs. Okay, it sounds like it's neat. I said, it's just sort of short, sweet, and quite frankly, uh, sometimes that's the only kind of fix I can focus on right now. Yeah, it's just like that sometimes. It just be like that, yep. And so, that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowford as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Els. Toodles!